You know, the devil, he's going to play with our thoughts. That's absolutely true. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the Bible. We're going to study that in about five minutes. Second Samuel 13, a very good one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering the Word of God as we do so. Corey is here. Corey? We're going to be taking a look at 2 Samuel chapter 14, where Joab tries really hard to help David, right? Today, my report is all about Ahithophel the Gilanite. This once faithful counselor of David suddenly turned his back on the king. Why? Well, we'll try to figure that one out later. Yeah, we'll find out uh, in about 20 minutes. They're going to be uh, doing their reports. That's going to be good about 25 minutes. Janice is doing her report. Janice? Yes, God said sin lies at the door. All right, there it is. So let's open up the Bible, open up your Bible guide, and let's learn what God is saying to us right now as we study. Second Samuel 13, 1 through 14. After this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin, and it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. Now Jonadab was a very crafty man, and he said to him, why are you, the king's son, becoming thinner day after day? Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. So Jonadab said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me food and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. Then Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let Tamar my sister come and make a couple of cakes for me in my sight that I may eat from her hand. And David sent home to Tamar, saying, now go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was lying down. Then she took flour and kneaded it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and placed them out before him, but he refused to eat. Then Amnon said, Have everyone go out from me. And they all went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them to Amnon her brother in the bedroom. Now, when she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come, lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother. Do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this graceful thing. And I, where could I take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, he would not heed her voice. And being stronger than she, 
he forced her and lay with her. 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses 1 through 14. Second Samuel chapter 13, chapter 14, and chapter 15. Now, many of David's difficulties as a king stemmed from his family life. David seems to have had great ability to deal with the challenges of enemy nations, but at home, his inaction or inability to bring God's justice to his children created great problems, great conflict. Now, the Bible records one of these problems for us, inviting us into the troubled family of David. One of David's sons, Amnon, is portrayed as an evil and a contriving man. A very, very interesting person, Amnon, with the help of a royal aide who was also evil, they, they crafted a ploy to assault his half-sister, Princess Tamar. Now, David's blind spot is revealed to us when he unwittingly plays Tamar into the hands of Amnon, rather than bringing justice to the situation, which is what we would expect from David, he fails to act at all, a surprising disappointment that would have grave consequences. Amnon is eventually killed for his crime by his half-brother Absalom and Tamar's brother as well. And in case we think too highly of Absalom, we get to see where his unchecked anger and vengeance lead. A dark and messy time, all involved in David's family. Now, that's exactly what we study today. So it's important for you to take out the Bible guide, the March Bible guide. And if you don't have yours, let me encourage you to write for it or to call for it. Or another way to do this is go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And on BibleDiscoveryTV.com, you can, of course, click on the page. It'll take you to a donate page. And I want to say thank you for your donations, especially in this time of year where it's very difficult for us to maintain because we are going through a low time. So we really appreciate your donations. And then it'll take you to a page where you can download the Bible guide on the computer directly. Very important for people who are watching overseas. Now, as we look at a violation, and we're studying 2 Samuel 13, 14 verses here, let's pray and ask God to show us the truth about what the Bible says. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ, as we open up your word and as we read your word and, and put your word on the screen, help us to put it in our hearts as we have your word in front of us. Help us to allow it to change us, Father. And we pray that we would not become people who are ready to judge everything, but we become people who listen to what the Lord says. That's so important, Father. Help us today in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen and amen. Now, let's look at the scripture as we focus on this and listen to what the Lord has said. In 2 Samuel chapter 13, the first five verses, it's very interesting. It says, after this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister. Now, the author of this particular passage makes sure that we understand that this is Absalom's sister, whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin, 
And it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her because they're brothers and sisters. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemiah. That was David's brother. Now, Jonadab was very crafty. And he said to him, why are you the king's son becoming thinner day after day? Will you not tell me? And Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. So Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, please let my sister Tamar come and give me food and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. Now, this is fascinating. The devil will play with our thoughts, stirring up dark sin. The devil will play with our thoughts, stirring up dark sin. Beloved, we must flee from temptation, not, not dwell around it. What does Paul say? Paul says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, you got to run away from the devil, turn and move away from the devil. Literally sprint away from temptation. This is so important because today the world is set up so that we are tempted when we walk out the door. We have to be careful in our lifestyles about avoiding temptation. Well, Amnon didn't do that. He conspired with Abinadab, and here we go. Watch this. 2 Samuel 13, verse 6 says, Then Amnon laid down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let Tamar, my sister, come and make a couple of cakes for me in my sight, that I may eat from her hand. And David sent home to Tamar, saying, Now go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was lying down, and then she took flour, kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and placed them out before him, but he refused to eat. And then Amnon said, have everyone go out from me. And they all went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into my bedroom that I may eat from your hand. And so Tamar took the cakes, which she had made and brought them to Amnon, her brother in his bedroom. Now, you know where this is going. Amnon continued to move forward in his darkness against God and Tamar, Amnon wasn't thinking about God here. He wasn't thinking about Tamar. He wanted to satisfy the lust inside of him. You see, beloved, when we do our best to follow the Lord and temptation comes, God has made a way for us to escape. God has prepared a way for us to leave and to escape. Boy, that's important, let me tell you. So we oftentimes tend to sort of cower away from temptation and hope it overtakes us. We need to get out of there, man. Take, I mean, put the pedal to the metal and leave the temptation. Leave wherever you're at, because this is important for us to remember. We have to keep ourselves straight before God. That's important. So what happened? How did they not, Amnon handle this? Well, let's go back to 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 11. Now, when she had brought them in to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, come and lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, no, my brother, do not force me for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. And I, where would I go to take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king 
for he will not withhold me from you. Verse 14 says, but he would not listen to her voice and being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. What an amazing statement. This brings me to point number three. Listen carefully. Amnon was overtaken with demonic desire and violated God's plan for David's family. This was for David's family. You see, whatever happens to us in this life, the Lord Jesus is more powerful to overcome it. Keep in mind, a lot of people say, well, I make my own choices. I do my own thing. Doesn't affect anybody else. Yes, it does. We do not live isolated or alone. It affects the people around us. And beloved, I need to say, we need to discipline ourselves and be very careful and begin to develop lifestyles that follow God and that help him or help us to see him so that we can run away from temptation when it comes close. This is what we need to do today. Father, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us, uh, when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul. In 2 Samuel chapter 14, we see Joab, the commander of David's army and David's nephew, trying to find a way for David to reconnect with his son Absalom, who he had exiled back to his maternal home. Uh, and the way Joab does this is he enlists the help of a wise woman of Judah. Now, this made me think of another chapter of 2 Samuel that's coming up, 2 Samuel chapter 20, in which we read of another wise woman, of a city called Abel Beth Maka, and she actually ends up saving her entire city from annihilation by Joab at the command of David. So let's take a look at that wise woman and that city, and then we'll relate it back to today's reading. In 2 Samuel chapter 20, we're introduced to a city named Abel Beth Maka. This city is brought to the forefront of Israel's national drama after the end of Absalom's rebellion against his father, King David. The tribes decided to invite David back to Jerusalem as their king, but peace was fragile. A man named Sheba ben Bikri launched another rebellion, calling all other dissatisfied Israelites to arms. This Sheba traveled the entire length of the country to one of the northernmost cities in Israel, Abel Beth Maka. Here he settled in, and here Joab and the rest of David's mighty men caught up with him. David's army surrounded the city in a siege, built a siege ramp against it to allow access to its wall, and began to attempt to break through the wall. They were interrupted by the city's wise woman. This woman must have held some sort of civic responsibility that was compelling enough to grant her an audience with the enemy military leader. Her speech to Joab not only convinced him to stop his efforts to break through the wall, it gives us some interesting information about Abel Beth Maka. The wise woman appeals to the history of her city by saying that they used to talk in former times, saying they shall surely seek guidance at Abel, and so they would end disputes. This tells us that Abel Beth Maka was known for its wisdom, or it had a sanctuary, perhaps a high place, where people would inquire of God. 
She also refers to herself and possibly the city as a mother in Israel. The judge Deborah was also called a mother in Israel. The term may also have been used to emphasize the importance of certain city centers who were responsible for outlying villages. After chastising Joab, Joab agreed to call off his men while the woman got the head of the traitor Sheba and threw it over the wall. Today, excavations at Abel Beth Maka have helped illuminate the biblical mentions. Abel Beth Maka is located close to the city of Dan at ancient Israel's northern border. In fact, Abel Beth Maka was located on the border between Israel, Phoenicia, and Syria. Because of this, the city would have been a focus of various power struggles. Now, despite this important location, Abel Beth Maka is only mentioned three times in the Bible. This account in 2 Samuel 20, and then two accounts of takeovers. From the time period of the Judges, a large, complex, cultic areas and houses have been excavated, with one of the most exciting finds being a small hoard of silver, including jewelry, from one of the homes. From the time of the early monarchy, in the remains of a large public building, a jar of hundreds of animal ankle bones was found. This may point to the building's use as a place of divination. Also from this time period, but from a different building, a small statue head was discovered. Scholars believe that this statue head may represent a king of Israel. Now, relating it back to our reading today, where this this other wise woman of Judah comes in and helps Joab help David see uh, what the situation is that he's actually dealing with. And what ends up happening then, of course, is David ends up reconciling with Absalom, which unfortunately doesn't turn out to be great for David. Now, I think Joab's hand in this probably explains Joab's unwillingness later on to listen to David's order not to kill Absalom during a time of warfare. Joab probably felt personally responsible for Absalom being brought back into the kingdom of Israel, back into David's good graces from, from where he then launched an all-out attack on David's kingdom that largely worked and launched the nation into a civil war. So I think this goes a long way in explaining Joab's motives where he did not want to listen to David anymore. This was his problem and he was going to deal with it. Over the next few days, we're going to see this, take mm -hmm. this whole thing take effect. And uh, Joab does opposite of what David says. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. All right. Thank you, Corey. Ryan? All right, well, today we're exploring the life of Ahithophel, and we first meet him in 2 Samuel chapter 15. And he is the wise and faithful counselor of King David. In fact, for many years, he lovingly served David. But then when David's son Absalom conspires against his father for the crown, Ahithophel suddenly turns on David and joins Absalom. And the question is why? Why would this once faithful counselor of David do such a thing? Well, the answer lies in who he was, not professionally, but personally. Check it out. For any ruler in history to have a long and successful reign, a circle of loyal allies was essential. King David, arguably Israel's greatest king to ever live, was no exception. Though David's mighty men were most notable, there were also other key members of his administration. One of his most valuable was his wise and faithful counselor, Ahithophel the Gilonite. The Bible says of him, the advice of Ahithophel was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. Ahithophel faithfully and lovingly served David for a great many years. 
which is why it comes as such a shock to read about his sudden betrayal of the king. The defection occurs when David's son Absalom attempts to usurp the throne. And not only does Ahithophel join Absalom, but even goes so far as to offer to kill David personally. Ahithophel also advises Absalom to openly have sexual relations with his father's concubines on the roof of the palace, which he does. Why the sudden hatred and betrayal? Who exactly is this mysterious figure? It seems to all go back to David's affair with Bathsheba, which occurred many years earlier. 2 Samuel 11.3 reveals that Bathsheba was the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. 2 Samuel 23 gives the additional detail that both of these men, the father and husband of Bathsheba, were mighty men of David, and that Ahithophel the Gilonite was Eliam's father. That makes Bathsheba the granddaughter of Ahithophel. As one Bible scholar powerfully put it, as David's counselor in the palace, Ahithophel must have burned with rage to know his king had betrayed his granddaughter's honor and killed Uriah, her husband, who was a fellow soldier with his son Eliam, Bathsheba's father. However, there was nothing he could do at that time to exact his revenge. If he had risen in anger against the king, he would have lost his life. So he remained silent, keeping his thoughts of revenge secretly to himself all of the years that followed until he saw opportunity to destroy King David. This also sheds light on Ahithophel's strange advice to Absalom to openly have sexual relations with David's concubines. He was attempting to get his revenge by encouraging Absalom to do the same thing to David's concubines as the king had done to his granddaughter. However, in the end, Absalom did not follow through with Ahithophel's offer to murder the king. For the Lord, the Bible records, had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. God had answered David's plea, for when David heard of Ahithophel's betrayal, he prays, O Lord, turn the advice of Ahithophel into foolishness. Sadly, when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he returns to his own city, puts his house in order, and hangs himself. You know, this is such a tragic and heartbreaking story, and we can really learn a lot from it. Because notice that all this mess goes back to David's double sin, his affair with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband. Now, I'm sure in the heat of the moment, David wasn't even thinking about the repercussions of that sin, but it would be so damaging that it would not only hurt David and his family, but those around him as well. This tragic example should help motivate us to be very careful what we do. You know, our sin hurts more than just ourselves. But when we're struggling, we need to call out to God for his strength. And Jesus gave us a powerful model prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and I'm sure you all know it very well. It goes like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And listen to the end. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. May it be so, Lord Jesus. I think it's interesting to see all of this and see how the family difficulties are coming to play. This is where David's major problems are. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it just really interesting. We'll talk more about this on the next program. Janice? Yes, and we see this uh, tragically here with Amnon and his abuse of his half-sister Tamar. And we see here how that Amnon really let himself wallow in this desire that he had, and he knew that it was wrong. And yet, instead of refocusing himself on something else, 
he let it brew, he let it stew. And then the friend of his, Jonadab, that comes in and asks him, you're the king's son, how come you're losing weight? What's going on? Tell me, what's going on? When Amnon shares it with him, instead of redirecting him, Jonadab gives him a plan to where he can catch not only his father, the king, but ultimately get what he wants out of his half-sister, Tamar. And we see this play out. And it reminded me of... um, the beginning in Genesis when God sees the offerings of Abel and his brother Cain. And God, the Lord, accepts uh, Abel's offering, but doesn't with Cain's. And it sets Cain off in a rage that he holds in his heart. And that hate begins to just grow. And if you looked in Genesis chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Did you hear that? Sin lies at the door. And it's desire is for you, but you should rule over it. That's something that we need to remember. As followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we will make mistakes and we will be tempted to do things. And that's not the sin. When we go ahead with that temptation, when we know it's wrong and we follow it through willfully, That's where sin lies at the door, and it will destroy us. Uh, For lack of time right now, I want you as a homework assignment to take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and you can read 1 through 13, and it talks about Old Testament examples that God gives us. And the ultimate uh, part of this verse that I want us to hear is verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We can't use excuses for things that we just want to do. If we say that we are a Christian, one who follows after the Lord Jesus Christ, God will help us. We need to flee from those temptations. James 4 uh, verses 7 and 8, here's what it says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your your hearts, you double-minded. Come to God, ask for his help, flee from temptation. I just want to say that at BibleDiscoveryTV.com, you can watch the Beyond the Call program. We have it put up there and it's a, a way that we're premiering this program and it's about testimonies. Testimonies of what Jesus Christ has done in people's lives. The Beyond the Call program on Bible Discovery TV in the watch segment. Today we pray and let's pray this way. Lord, I pray for your healing and your help in my life. For your power is amazing. Help me to learn that in Jesus' name. 